This is the Chamber Chat Podcast, the show dedicated to chamber professionals to spark ideas and to get actionable tips and strategies to better serve your members and community. Hello, Chamber Champions. Welcome to the Chamber Chat Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Burton, and it's my goal on the podcast to introduce you to people and ideas to better help you serve your chamber members and your community. Our title sponsor is Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions. Let's hear from Matt Morrow, President and CEO of the Springfield Area Chamber in Missouri, to learn how the Holman Brothers provided value to his chamber. Holman Brothers provided great training for our sales team in terms of just outstanding sales techniques, but maybe even more importantly than that, they were able to provide us with a system, a process that was repeatable. And in that, we're able to see very clearly from one month to the next how the, how the pipeline is doing, what prospects are in it what kind of progress we're making, and what we can do to coach people to success. You can learn more about Holman Brothers Membership Sales Solutions by visiting holmanbros.com. Our guest for this episode is Chris Mead. Um, Chris is president of Magicians of Main Street, a company that works with chambers of commerce and with companies that provide services for chambers. For just over 16 years, ending in December of 2018, he served as vice president and then senior vice president for ACCE. His previous experience includes five years ending as vice president at, what, at what's known now as the International Economic Development Council. Chris also wrote the only book-length history of Chambers of Commerce in the United States, Magicians of Main Street, America and its Chambers of Commerce. Uh, the book featured on the Front page of Wall Street Journal and elsewhere shows how chambers help shape the history of the United States from the very beginning. The book is frequently quoted in chamber executive speeches for their board, staff, and the public, and many of you are very familiar with it. Chris is a consultant on chamber travel and also pro bono the developer of a program involving young people in Ukraine and the United States. Chris, I'm excited to have you with me today here on Chamber Chat Podcast. I'd love for you to take a moment to say hello to all the Chamber Champions and friends that are out there listening and share something interesting about yourself so you can get to know you a little bit better. Hello, um, Chamber Champions and uh, fans of Brandon Burton. I think he does a great job. And I guess... All right. This is, I mean, might as well say something embarrassing just for fun, right? I, I remember saying this at ACCE one time when we were sharing something about ourselves. When I was 16 years old, I decided that uh, I wanted to learn about transcendental meditation. And I ended up doing that and finally deciding to become a teacher of transcendental meditation. At the age of 19, I went to Spain uh, heard Maharishi Mahesh Yogi give speeches. He was the same one who taught the Beatles and the Beach Boys and Donovan and all kinds of others. And it was really boring. Uh, we'd have 2,000 people sitting in a big tent. Nothing seemed to go right. I began to suspect this was a, sh- a fraud. And uh, when I got home and I was painting houses in Washington, D.C., up on a high ladder, 100-degree weather, I suddenly realized I was not in cosmic consciousness. And so uh, I'm afraid that my youthful excitement with that thing 
went away way back then, but maybe it was good. I learned a lesson. That's funny. <laughs> Took painting on that hot day to realize it. Right? <laughs> I love it. So normally at this point in a, in these interviews, I like to have my guest on the show talk a little bit about their chamber, size, staff, budget. You, have, you don't have a chamber to talk about per se, but uh, I know I went through your bio, but maybe just tell us kind of the high points of how you got to where you are today through your career and, and work with chambers. Yes, I've always been fascinated by uh, groups of people doing things, uh, making their communities better. And, uh, but I never knew how much chambers had done. Uh, I, I worked with the Economic Development Organization and then with uh, ACCE for years. And I thought, maybe I'll just do something because I read a, in a book here and a book there that a chamber had something to do with getting rid of Al Capone. And in another book that it, uh, the chamber in St. Louis financed the flight of Charles Lindbergh to Paris. And I thought, let me just find five things, just five things to prove that we've done something. Yeah. Because the funny thing is, like even in the case of Chicago, outside of the Chicagoland chamber, nobody knew that... Um, the chamber there had something to do with getting rid of Al Capone. And it was a, a, a lot to do with getting rid of Al Capone. So I started writing those five stories, this America pageant uh, out of San Atlantic City and so on. Before I knew it, there was a sixth story and a seventh story and an eighth story. And I, at the end, I kind of realized, and I, I had to stop at 1945 or I'd still be writing I, I realized that they had they've shaped America. They've they've done so much, uh, and and even they don't know it, and I didn't know it. Uh, but uh, they should be proud of what they are doing and what they have done. Yeah, now that is that is fascinating. And for anyone who hasn't read the book yet, Magicians in Main Street, it'd be great idea to to jump into that and and read about these stories about how chambers of commerce have shaped. America. But thank you for, for sharing that and for, for writing that book, the, the History of Chambers. I appreciate that. Sure. So for our topic, for our conversation today, it's very unique from anything else that we've talked about before on the podcast. And as I reached out to Chris to, to have him on the show, he said, you know, I'm working on a really interesting project that's very timely that I think your listeners could could benefit from hearing about. So we hopped on a phone call and he, he told me about this, but um, what Chris is involved with right now is he's helping the chambers to convene on behalf of the children of Ukraine. And he's got a, a unique approach that he's doing this. So we'll dive into this conversation and, and learn what Chris is involved with at the moment as soon as we get back from this quick break. Are you looking for a year-round, affordable, and timely shop local campaign for your chamber or CVB? Look no further. Build a custom Eat Shop Play mobile app with App My Community by visiting appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat. App My Community mobile apps are not just simple membership directory listings. They provide many more capabilities to engage with your community. Provide your residents with a robust events calendar, Partner with a local fair, festival, or farmer's market to provide a schedule, map, 
and other resources to promote the event. Run a small business Saturday campaign any time of the year using built-in scavenger hunts. Allow your membership to communicate directly to their customers via push notifications. Your App My Community mobile app will be a unique member benefit, allow you to generate non-dues revenue with sponsorship opportunities, and best of all, provide a valuable resource to your community. Please visit appmycommunity.com slash chamberchat now to receive 10% off your first year of an App My Community mobile app. We all know there are three words in Chamber of Commerce, so we suggest that you manage the Chamber and we'll manage the Commerce. Between both teams, we'll deliver a lot more value back to members. We invite you to take a look at our Let's Do Commerce program by visiting www.letsdocommerce.com. You'll be able to engage and promote membership like never before. And with our integrated Chamber kiosk and community clicker program, the potential is enormous. To schedule a visit with me that works best for you, please visit Richards, with an S, richardscalendar.com. As we like to say here at Chamber Nation, join a chamber and get results. Howdy, it's Donna Nowitzki here, CEO of Yifty. Fun fact about local businesses. Did you know that small businesses employ 57% of the U.S.'s non-government workforce? Many of these small businesses are your chamber members. We are here to help you help them. As you heard last week, we do digital gift cards for 500 plus communities and we call them community cards. Our chamber partners get a custom gift card branded for you that works exclusively in your member stores. The program is free for you and free for your members. We even give you reports so you can tell them how much business you brought them. Sign up for a live Zoom demo with me or one of my teammates at yifty.com demo or email sales at yifty.com. That's Y-I-F-T-E-E dot com. That's it for now. Back to the show. All right, Chris, we are back. Um, so I've been impressed as, as you and I spoke offline about the work that you're doing to, to convene chambers for the, the children of Ukraine. Uh, tell us, what is it that you're doing on behalf of the, the children in Ukraine and why, why are you doing it? Um, well, Brandon, it, it started uh, when uh, the Russians invaded U- Ukraine, which happens to be uh, exactly one year ago from the time that we're recording this broadcast, this podcast. And by the way, happy birthday. Thank you. So February 24th, for those who need to uh, <laughs> send me a birthday card or, uh, or just you know, remember when, when Russia invaded Ukraine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, it was the brutality, the meanness, the cruelty of it. Uh, it just ticked me off. And uh, I guess it may have been around March. I'm, I can't remember exactly when uh, on the process of doing some other work, I had the uh, chance to meet someone I'd already met on the phone, but and, and was a good friend in that way. Uh, uh, Renee Earls from the Odessa, Texas Chamber of Commerce. And somehow this idea had come into my head. And I said, Renee, what if there were a pen pal program uh, to make the kids in Ukraine feel better, a pen pal program between young people in Odessa, Texas and Odessa, Odessa, Ukraine? Well, 
she it seems like she kind of liked the idea. I mean, it's it's natural because it in it it gives the Odessa, Texas chamber some um, recognition, and it it it's good. It plays off the name, so yeah. it, it would seem like a good thing to do. But you know, she's busy, I'm busy, so we go off and do our own thing. But I kept thinking, all right, let me see if I can uh, find some people who can help on the Ukraine side and, and get things going. And so I did. I worked with a someone who used to work with me at ACCE. She was uh, of Ukrainian background. This, that, and the other. Found a gentleman in at the University of uh, North Carolina at Greensboro. He ha- helped me out and has still helped me out. Ended up finding some teachers in Odessa, Ukraine. And they're all English teachers. That's all I work with then and now because the Ukrainians are dying to learn English because it's their ticket out of kind of, you might say, Russian domination. You know, they get to look in the, instead of looking, I guess that's east for them, they get to look west. They get to look to the west. So um, we started, uh, so I went back to Renee and I said, Renee, you know what? I think I got, I think we can do this. I know how to do this. I've got students from Odessa, Texas, I mean, Odessa, Ukraine, you're ready to work with your students. So then she's the, this is the great thing about chamber executives. She knew the people, uh, you know, the powers that be. She didn't know, um, you know, a, a junior teacher at one of the schools. She knew all the leaders of the schools in, in Odessa, Texas. And so she found them. It's the Ector County Independent School District, ECISD. And uh, she got me with a lady who handles social studies for 2,500 students. Hmm. And that that lady, uh, Becky uh, Ramirez, was a help ever on, on getting it all started. And we had one classroom that did it for us, um, Mikhail Crowder, the teacher. Uh, and he got brought in 120 students, ended up with about 105 because of email issues and this, that, and the other, but we got pen pals for all of them. Uh, and that was the beginning of the, uh, we, back then we call it the Odessa to Odessa pen pal program. Okay. Then of course, other, other communities learned about it in, in, in Ukraine. And we now have work with about 25 schools over there. Wow. Um, so 25 schools in in Ukraine. Correct. The English teachers that are are working to get their students to to write these letters. So tell us what are these pen pal letters like between the students? Do you have any insight as to what they're talking about? Um, um fortunately or unfortunately, I don't I can't I don't I can't read them. You know, right. it's I, I can't uh I can't hack into them. Some of them may be able to hack into my emails. I don't right. know. <laughs> I'd say, you know, every fourth kid wants to be a programmer when they when they grow up. But yeah. anyway, so they they're. Um, so are there some guidelines that they're given as far as what to like for a student here in the United States to ask or to or, you know start yes. a, a conversation? Uh, and this surprised me, although once I thought about it, it didn't surprise me. A lot of the Ukrainian students uh, were at, or a number were asking, hey, can you help get my family over to the United States? Wow. 
And that didn't go over too well with the American students or with their teachers because the American students had no idea how to do that. You know, it's it's pretty complicated from a, a you know, a paperwork standpoint. Uh, not many people know how to do that. So we said, you know, uh, you know, and that's kind of marrying. We're right now we're just talking about dating. Let's yeah, just yeah. let's just have a pen pal relationship. And so that was one of the con conditions I put uh, in my opening letter to the teachers. Uh, please, yes, please don't ask them that or tell your students not to ask them that. Yeah, that was the, the main thing. I haven't heard of anything terrible happening. We did finally start mixing boys and girls. Um because um, as I put it to the teachers, um, there's probably not going to be any wild parties uh, breaking out because they're 6,000 miles apart. <laughs> They've got some space. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, and, uh, but, you know, cause I had a, I had a whole bunch of 14 year old girls from Ukraine and a whole bunch of 13 year old boys from the United States. And I couldn't, um, you know, in, in order to, I couldn't find matches for them except each other. So I, I did. And yeah. that worked out okay, at least so far. Um, so anyway, yeah. what was your, or what is your hope or intent with the, the children of Ukraine in participating with this pen pal program? What would you hope for their outcome or experience to be like through the, throughout this program? I can tell from the teachers that it's, very important to a lot of these Ukrainian students. Uh, they said, for example, a lot of them say, my friend has a, has a part, pen pal partner, but I don't yet. And so they, uh, it seems to be something they really want. And a lot of it is kind of the comfort of knowing there's somebody who cares about them or likes them and is not in the middle of the battle that they're experiencing every day of their lives, the bombs falling. That doesn't happen in every community in Ukraine, but in most of the big cities, yes, a lot of other places. Yeah. So I think it's a, a lot of it is comfort and for the teachers too. And I've, I've had a note from one of the English teachers who said, um, sorry, I haven't responded to your email. I just got it, even though you wrote it three weeks ago. It's the internet has been totally disrupted around here. And I, I only had two hours of power last night uh, because of uh, they've, you know, destroyed the uh, generators downtown. I mean, they have to go through things we don't really understand. Uh, their their um, standard of living wasn't great before the war. And it's gotten worse since then, of course. Uh, but they're the kids. They, you know, when they write what they want to do, it's pretty neat. They uh, or or what they do after school, it's just it's very similar to ours. Except I know their girls. They they like to dance, and you don't hear that too much from our girls or young women, whatever. They, you don't hear them say, "I like to dance in my free time." But yeah. a lot of the Ukrainian girls say that. Unless um, it's on TikTok or something. These yeah, days. yeah, that's true. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that's what they're talking about. Uh, yeah. And drawing, they they like to draw, but generally, like video games, they all play video games, and a lot of them are the same video games that our um, okay. young people play with. So they're you know they're a lot more like us than un unlike us. I yeah. would say, well, very much so. 
And what a great experience for these students to see that, to see the similarities, to see the differences too, learn from each other, gain a better perspective of how things are in another part of the world where they're going through a difficult time. I think it, it'll provide these students in the United States with some compassion and, and better understanding as they become leaders you know, in the future. I think it'll, it'll be, have a big impact on them. I think it, it, it makes them feel they're lucky. To, for many of them, I'm glad I don't have to go through that, but I also have some compassion for right. those who do have to go through it. Um, one, one letter that um, kind of hit me in the gut was a, a, a young man. We were talking about, what do you want to do after high school? And this young man, he was 14 years old, said, uh, well, actually, I'd like to leave right now and join the military, but my mother won't let me. So I wrote him back and said, um, I'm sorry, um, uh, but I agree with your mom. I think you should get your education first. You'll be more effective as a future citizen of Ukraine. And as uh, even as a soldier, you'd be more effective if you're better educated. And uh, he did not respond to that. But, um, oh, I even said, uh, I think President Zelensky would say the same thing. You know, yeah. unfortunately, but I understand he's mad and he's maybe he's got a brother already fighting. Um, anyway, wants to do something to contribute. Yeah, um, I can appreciate that. So I understand. So for, I guess, first of all, just for clarification, these pen pals, the communications going back and forth over email. So that's why the it's important to have power and Internet for the yeah. email communication. Yeah. Um but I understand you guys have, have launched a, a program today as we're recording this, right? You want to tell us some more about that and, and what this, uh, I guess, contest of sorts is? Sure. Um, this was um, an idea to give the young people of Ukraine a chance to get the word out about how they're feeling, uh, not just to their pen pal, but to a broader audience if they should want to. And so um, I sent out letters physically this morning to um, everyone we have on our list who's either a pen pal from Ukraine, which is about 260. In other words, half of the total number of people of our 530 plus. And, uh, and also another 100, 230 of them who are on the waiting list, which is one of my headaches right now. We got too many Ukrainians, uh, which we are solving. We have figured out a way to solve it. Um, anyhow, so the idea was, what can we do to get the word out? What? Because I don't really know exactly what they're feeling. You know, the TV reporters are always interviewing adults. So we uh, inv have invited them to compete to tell stories. One of them is essays on what the past year has meant to me. That's the name of the whole competition, what the past year has meant to me. And uh, my original idea, maybe because I'm an English major originally, was just to have uh, it be a, an essay contest, 500 words just in English. But then another gentleman that I've been working with, Dr. Ter Taras uh, Vas, I'm sorry, um, Vassal Taras from uh, Greensboro said, let's broaden it. 
And so we've ended up with five categories that include essay, poem, photo, illustrations, and video, a three-minute video. So somebody wants to dance, to do an anti-Russian dance, well, that's fine, you know, or whatever it is, or a, a, a TikTok-type uh, rap, whatever they want to do. And uh, there will be prizes. We, we have not specified what those will be, but there will be prizes. At first, I, I nixed the idea before I'd even asked people, because I thought, what if someone writes a beautiful essay in great English and wins first prize, and the person who wins second prize lost a parent, maybe to Russian brutality? Let's just imagine that. How does that feel? Is this really right for a contest? But it turns out that the teachers over there said, it is right. Do it as a contest. We do contests all the time. That's how we like to think. And so do it as a contest. And, um, and then, of course, um, because we'll have judges and criteria and everything, it, no one's going to come and shoot me or others who have been involved in putting on the contest because the judges will be making the decisions based on the criteria. And everyone knows it's been a bad year. And, uh, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But let's say the top three essays and poems and all these other things are shown to the world. And we hope they'll be picked up when that happens. Uh, yeah. That some people, even in Russia, will see it and think, gosh, is this something I'm proud of? Is this what, what they did to these kids? Is that uh, while we were hunting for non-existent Nazis in, in Ukraine? Right. Anyway, that's kind of my hope. But so Do you have a, a plan at this point once these submissions come in to help spread the word to the, the world and, and hopefully to get it back to Russia? Um, well, we have... It's April 17th is the date that we will actually release uh, the results. So we have a little time to figure it out. Um, I've uh, in the past been a publicity hound every now and then. So I'll try to do some things. Uh, and so and we also have our contacts in. We have actually very good um, channels in Ukraine to get the word out. And a lot of it can spread to Russia from there. I mean, I'm not saying I'm going to try to stop the war, but if I can give Putin a headache for one day, you know, that's that's better than nothing. That's that's some good work. To help you feel good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess the, the question listeners may have is, are you looking for other chambers to help convene to, to get together with uh, school districts to try to match up? You said you've got a list of Ukrainian students or where are you at within this program is trying to, to be a matchmaker and are you looking for more participants? Um, yes. Um, and in fact, uh, we did in uh, record time, we got um, through my friend, uh, Doug Peters in Abilene, Texas. We, he, he connected with a friend of his who's on the board or, of the superintendent or something or other, and, uh, an Air Force guy, I guess that's his day job. And through him, we have a high school in um, Abilene, Texas, that's going to start. 
But again, there's the the convening working. And right. something similar is, um, I hope, happening in Virginia. We're not sure yet, but definitely it's the it's the quickest way in the door for me, as far as I'm concerned. You know, and and so um, if there are chamber executives who think that this would be something that would be interesting to the, their students, their young people, kind of broaden their experience and uh, maybe teach a little compassion little bit of leadership and uh, and a little bit of just understanding of the world. And, and it often comes through social studies teachers or, you know, geography or civics, one of those kinds of classes. Uh, whereas o- over in Ukraine, it's mostly the English teachers. But here, it's those kinds. Uh, if, if, um, and if, if, as most chamber executives are, they're pretty well connected into their education establishments, just like um, Renee Earls in, in Odessa, Texas, and and uh, Doug Peters yeah. in Abilene. They're yeah. pretty darn well connected. So if they if they know somebody in the school system who they, they might run this idea across, and that person likes the idea, um, it's very easy. There's no charge to it. Um, so I'm not becoming a millionaire off this, not yet. Right. <laughs> Unless uh, maybe Putin would give me a yacht if I'd stop doing this. Right. Keep going until you get that status. Let's do But <laughs> <laughs> well, Chris, I like asking everyone I have on the show, since we've got primarily, um, I call them chamber champions, right? Chamber executives, mm-hmm. chamber staff that are listening. Uh, for the chamber who's looking to, to try to go up to the next level, what kind of tip or action item might you have for them to uh, to try to achieve that? Uh, well, I guess I, I I think back to Renee Earls, who started this whole thing really by doing getting it going in Odessa, Texas, and her idea was uh, she grasped immediately that an Odessa to Odessa connection would do something for her chamber. So um, she had to think 6,000 miles away. But, you know, it's not something you think of every day as you're trying to, you know, doing your business after hours and this, that, and the other. But she saw something there. And so she was willing to take a chance and try it. And and so I guess that's, you know, they all, uh, well, they used to say think outside the box, but that expression is, is inside the box at this point. Um, That's it. But think outside your city limits, think outside your county line, your borders. Yeah. Yeah. What, what is it? Maybe it's, I don't know what it is, but there's, there's something about your town and what's happened there, whether it's the name, the history, whatever, that is interesting to other people. So find it and do something with it. Yeah, I like that. It's a good good piece of advice and and really to you know put your community on the map a little bit more. You know, see what it is that's interesting, think beyond your borders and and you know show that that interesting thing to the world. Um so Chris, the other question I like asking everybody that I have on the show is as we look to the future of Chambers of Commerce, how do you see the future of Chambers and their purpose going forward? It's uh, something that uh, I was constantly asking myself 
when I wrote that book, because I was going from 1768 to 1945, but also thinking about the present day. And, you know, with the internet and this, the, that, the electronic networking, so many changes. Uh, and yet, I still need to talk to Renee Earls. I still need to talk to Doug and Abilene. Uh, I can't just shoot an email to the town of Abilene and say, help me. Uh, yeah. You need somebody who knows somebody and who's willing to do something for you and who cares about the community. There's, it seems to me there's always going to be a need for something like that. Yeah. And there's always going to be a need for businesses to get together, to come together for the common good. I think that's always going to be there. Yeah, I think you're right. I think having that perspective of going through the book writing process and seeing it, you know, such a, a vast period of time, but then looking at today and realizing that a lot of these same, you know, core things, those personal connections, caring about the community, convening businesses together for a common good. I, I believe, I believe that that need will always be there as well. Um, you know, some of the things like, uh, I don't know, rooting out Al Capone or, or getting together to pave a road may not be, you know, the, the purpose for a chamber anymore or, or today, but a lot of those core principles are still there. So I think that there's a lot of value with that. Um, well, Chris, I wanted to give you an opportunity to share any contact information for listeners who would like to reach out and connect, maybe get involved with the Children of Ukraine uh, pen pal program or follow along with your, your success and the development of the, the competition or, or the program in general? Where would you point them? What would be the best way for them to reach out and connect? Uh, well, uh, thank you, Brandon. The easiest way is probably my email address, um, which is long, but e fairly easy to remember. Chris, that's C-H-R-I-S, at magiciansofmainstreet.com, which is named after the book, obviously. Again, chris at magiciansofmainstreet.com. And I'll absolutely keep track of you. And if you want to do something soon, then I'll respond soon. Or I'll, res I'll, I'll respond one way or the other, but I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll act on what I get. Yeah. Whatever that may be. That is great. Now I'll get your email in our show notes for this episode so people can pull it up there and, and shoot over an email to you if they want to get involved or follow along with the progress. But this is a, I find it to be a very intriguing program that you're putting on or a experiment even to, to create these pen pal relationships, to put on this uh, or host this competition. Um, I'm excited to see some of the outcomes, to hear these stories that are coming out of these children in Ukraine and, and the impact that this last year has had on them. And, and I can imagine that their pen pal friends here in the States will be touched as well to hear those stories. So thank you for, for sharing this with us today and for spending time with us today on Chamber Chat Podcast. Well, thank you, Brandon. You're, uh, you're a good man to talk with. I enjoy it. If you are a Chamber professional, please subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. When you subscribe to Chamber Chat Podcast, new episodes will show up in your podcast app each week as they are released. If you're finding value in this podcast, please leave us a rating and a review in iTunes. But most importantly, please share Chamber Chat Podcast with your colleagues that are in the industry.
When chamber leaders talk about sales training, they tend to describe membership knowledge. Of course, knowing how membership works is important. However, knowing how to sell memberships is essential. Hallman Brothers Next Level Coaching offers a unique balance of year-round membership sales coaching and mentoring to deliver the support your membership rep needs to consistently produce for your chamber. Visit holmanbros.com slash next level to learn more and request a free trial of Next Level Coaching.